So uh, I, I sort of have this thing that I've been paying attention to. Last week, we started this series called I'm Tired of This Underscore. Now, your level of salvation depends on what you would put in the underscore. That's, that's kind of up to you. Uh, but we started this series called I'm Tired of This because I told you last week that I would say one of the things, if I had to label with one word where I feel like people are at, it would be this, people are tired. Like as a pastor, as I meet with people and I'm connecting and we're all enduring through all the different changes and things always moving, um, we're tired. Uh, we're tired in our relationships. We're tired in uh, maybe even our home life situations and our workplaces and just all of the different things. It's, it's, it's grown. We've grown fatigued. We're tired. There's this tiredness. And so last week we kicked off sort of a new mini series. We'll conclude it today. Uh, but last week we talked about how Jesus, he knew there would be a time in this time that we live, 2020, still 2020, uh, as much as we're trying to get out of it, uh, he knew there would come a day in 2020 where you would get tired. I want you to think about this. There was a time in heaven. I want you to hear this today. There was a time in heaven where God is, the scripture said, forming us and knitting us and putting us together. And he's saying 2020 is going to be a time on earth and I want to put people in that time. And so I'm going to choose this person and this person and this person to be here right now for such a time as this. And he picked you to be here. And do you know that you didn't draw the short end of the stick? It's actually a blessing and a privilege and an honor that God said, hey, in this crazy time called 2020, I'm going to choose you and you and you, and you're going to be in there and you're going to be my people, and I'm going to trust you and use you and co-labor with you to bring about my glory in 2020. That's the team that you're on today, as God chose you and used you and empowered you, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. But he also knew, because here's my worry, my worry or my concern or, or my caution would be, as we're going through this stuff and you go in a store and there's plexiglass and there's masks and there's distance between everybody, there's this, there's this sort of uh, like pressure, I guess you would say. I, I can't find the right word right now, but there's this tendency would be the word for all of us to kind of just put our head down and just and tolerate it and get in and get out as fast as we can and not talk to anybody and not engage anything. And just There's like this heaviness to it all. And my worry or my concern or my caution would be, I hope that that's not what we bring into the church. We're coming in here and it's sort of this, oh, the times are crazy and things are heavy. I'm going to put my head down. I'm just going to get through this. But instead we come in and we should be celebrating and thankful and grateful that we were born for such a time as this. And God inhabits the praises of his people, whether it be on Facebook or in person. But God is here and he's working and he's not in quarantine. Can I get an Amen. God is doing some things still, and I believe God is a way maker, and he's got plans for us, and he knew this day would come, and he picked you to be a part of it, yeah. and it ought to stir us up. It ought to fire us up. It ought to, it, and so we got to break off of this like, oh, we got to just get through it, and oh, maybe someday after this stuff goes away. No, now. Yeah. Scripture says that we are to redeem the times for the days are evil. We get to be a part of that. Yeah. It doesn't say just sit around and wait for God to do it all. It doesn't say, oh, when this is over and that's over. It's now. The days are evil, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> now is the time for us to be on the move. But what I love about God is he knew what it would look like for us. And he said, listen, I know you're going to get tired. So last week we talked about this. He said, all you who are weary and burdened, because he knew there would come a time where you would get weary and burdened. He said, so here's what you're going to need to do. I talked about it last week, so go listen to the sermon if you didn't hear it yet. He said, all of you that are weary and burdened and tired, he said, come to me and I will give you rest. Yeah. 
God's got a plan for this for us. He says, take off the yoke and the, the thing that's hindering you and put on my yoke because it's easy and it's light. So God can make a way for us in this season. Can I get an amen today? Amen. So he's saying, look, I, I understand that it's going to be heavy and you're going to be tired, but it doesn't mean that we check out. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Yeah. So the scripture promises us this as well. It says this, it says, don't grow weary in well-doing. For if you don't give up, then what? Harvest. Don't get tired. So we're in this series. I'm tired of this. And Jesus knew there would come a day where you would get tired of this. Insert whatever you want. He said, I know. But I've got to to tell you, in 2020, don't get too tired to the point that you want to give up. Because if you give up, you're going to lose the harvest. Meaning God believes that you can make it through this weariness. God believes you can make it through this drought and this hard ground and this tough season. God believes you can do it. Can I get an amen today? So don't grow weary because we're not going to lose this harvest. First Timothy 4.1 says this. Uh, I brought some scriptures we'll put on the screen and then some I'm going to kind of paraphrase and go fast through. So you might see them and you might not. But First Timothy 4.1 says this. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So the scripture saying in these last days, some will abandon their faith and they'll follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. You guys know that class, you know, that you went to that one that was taught by a demon. You know what I'm talking about? Like you saw the sign that was like, come over. So-and-so demon is teaching. The... No, you never went to that class because it doesn't exist like that, does it? It's not that obvious. Are you with me today? It's not like, oh, I'm going to go see what that demon has to say. That's not how it works. <laughs> the demon spirits that are operating in these days, they're intelligent, and it's intellectual, and it's conversational, and it's cute. Are you with me? And it's woven into media, and it's put into our literature, and the little things that we're reading in here. And so these demon spirits are leading us and causing us to fall away from our faith because we're being deceived. Amen. Yeah. I promise you in eight years of this church, I haven't talked this much about demons as much as I'm going to in this service. So if you're with us for the first time today, don't think I'm crazy. I had somebody tell me between services, you guys are crazy. And at first I was like, yes. I was like offended for a half a second. And then I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to own that. I'm going to own that. That's going on the bottom of the business card. So, but for real, if it's your first time here, I really want you to know that, that, that we're not one of those churches. You know, only a few times a year do we pass snakes and things like that. And you miss that if you're on Facebook. That's why you got to come together, get one of those snakes to be passed. But listen, listen, it wouldn't take me long at all. Honestly, if it was just within this week, I could go get some news articles and put them up on here. Some things that happened to kids and other people. and And I could put that stuff up on the screen and all of us in a second would agree Oh, that's not just some weird people. That's evil. That's demonic forces in operation. Are you with me? So I really don't even feel like I have to apologize for talking about evil and darkness and the demonic because it's obvious for anybody to see that it's a thing. Can I get an amen? So the scripture says, the spirit says in these last days, now I'm a church kid. I grew up my whole life being told Jesus is coming back. So you better clean up your room and eat your vegetables. You know, like (laughs) he's been coming back my whole life, right? Uh, and, and he is still coming back. Yes. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, I do, I will say it like this. We are living in an accelerated time. 
before you would see things get into put in place. And, and now it's just going faster and faster and faster. I would say it like this. I believe that the end times are here. They're, they're very close. They're being like baked in the other room and we can all smell it. Are you with me? It's obvious that we are living in a times that the scripture describes as these end times. And so the scripture is saying this, hey, in these last days, be careful. There's deceiving spirits. There's going to be things that are going to trick you. Another translation, I think this is the Passion Translation or the Message Version, says this. God's spirit clearly says that in the last days, many people will turn from their faith. They will be fooled by evil spirits and by teachings that come from demons. Again, we're never going to just go like, oh, I want to go to that demon's class. No, it's going to make its way into certain things. Yeah. And it's going to sound intelligent, and it's going to look thought out. And you're going to say, oh, and you're going to try to think. And it's, it's demonic, and it's trying to fool you, and it's trying to pull you away from your faith. Amen. Yeah. The core of who God created you to be and want, what he wants you to walk in, be aware. Now, here's the problem. We love the scriptures about love the poor, love your neighbor, help the helpless. We, we preach all that cute stuff in church. We like all that grace, and we love all that kind of stuff. And so we, we live in, on those scriptures. But when it comes to some of the crazy stuff, the book of Revelation and scriptures that I'm reading that talk about, hey, in the last day, watch out for this. Be careful about this. stuff. We say, like, oh, that stuff's crazy. No. If you believe this one, you got to believe this one. If you're walking with this instruction and this warning, you need to pay just as much attention to this instruction and this warning. Yeah. People always say, oh, pastor, you know, oh, you, you, you conspiracy theorists, Christians, you're so worried about all this kind of stuff. I'm not worried about it. I'm cautioned by it because God put it in his word so that we know about it. Amen. So he's saying, hey, in these last days, you got you to gotta pay attention to some stuff. Yeah. Like we're in a war here. And so I think the days of cute church is gone. It's gone, guys. I'm trying to tell you the season that, that God is moving his church into is it's a season of warfare. Again, we love to throw out all these big verses and scriptures, but the scriptures that talk about, hey, guess what? Every day you got to put on the full armor of God. Yeah. It's in your Bible. Why would you put on? It didn't say put on the ballet outfit of cute Christianity. Yeah. It says put on warfare yeah. from top to bottom. You are in a fight. Can I get an Amen. It's a fight with this darkness and evil and things that are trying to deceive and pull us away. And so the days of cute church where we dress up the kids and we say, hey, sister, brother, love you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Sip our coffee and go to brunch. Those days are over. I'm sorry for you if that's your jam, but it's done. We're in a battle. Yeah. And in these last days, we're in a battle against evil. And so I would say it like this, there has been an intelligent conversation that I would even call demonic that has made its way even into churches. Yeah. And they're trying to intelligently and cutely tell you the things you want to hear, tell you the things that make you feel good. I talked about it last week. We've made inspiration an idol in church. Yeah. We just want to come in and be inspired and be inspired and be inspired, but we never want to be changed. Yeah. And so, again, jump into last week's sermon to look at that. But, but I'm telling you, we are in a position and we are in a place where uh, God's voice and God's truth and God's righteousness has to come from the pulpits of the church. Yeah. I would say it like this. There's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. The prophetic is God's word, God's voice in a season, God speaking. And I'm sad to say that many pulpits have moved from being pulpits of the prophetic voice of God to the pathetic voices of man. Yeah. 
And they're just trying to say cute things that make you feel good, that keep you coming, instead of trying to warn you that in these last days you need to be careful because there's things that are going to be taught by the demonic. Can I get an amen? amen? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Uh, that's Hebrews 10, 24 says this. Many of us have heard this. says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Talking about these end times, the scripture saying, listen, in these end times, what's going to be important for you is to make sure you're still coming together, coming together on Facebook, coming together in person, coming together wherever you can come together. Why? To encourage each other on toward good works, not foolishness. Not, we got to get together and encourage each other onto good things as we see the day approaching. Can I get amen? amen? Another translation says it like this. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. Churches of America, are you with me today? This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Amen. This is a season where we need each other like never before. Yeah. We need the accountability of each other. We need to uphold scripture with one another. Are you with yeah. me? And I'm not talking about gathering in a physical building, whether, whether it means in the building or on Facebook or whatever, but I have way too many people showing up on my office saying, oh, our marriage is a mess, and I lost my job, and I'm depressed, and I have suicidal thoughts. And I say, okay, okay, where have you been for seven months? Yeah. Have you been watching online? No, we've been busy. COVID's been stressing me out. I've been da-da-da-da-da. You can't forsake the gathering together in these days. We got to make it a priority to encourage one another and spur each other on. This yeah. is the time for us to be together. The scripture says even more frequently, yeah. eager to encourage each other as the day. One translation says this, don't avoid gathering together. Isn't it interesting that the language that's being placed to us is, you know what would be a good idea? Avoid gathering together. Isn't that crazy? See, we read a scripture like this and we go, preachers preach it like, oh, you know, we'll use this in the last however many years we preached it like, oh, this scripture means, you know, don't become lethargic, you know, be connected and make sure you're attending church. Little did we know we'd be using this scripture to stand up in a time when it's being told that it's wisdom to avoid the house of God. Hey, they're coming for my religious freedom anyway. I might as well say the things I'm not supposed to. <laughs> I told you last week, if I got to go back to making donuts, then I'll put my gut back on. We love that scripture. It's like, make sure you're going to church. What if it was a caution that you don't fall into the demonic language that says, Avoid the house of God. Yeah. Avoid encouraging each other toward good works. Yeah. Get so consumed with your own selfish stuff that you don't encourage each other about anything anymore. Yeah. You never talk about the things of God. Yeah. I got to simmer down now. Simmer down. <laughs> All right. You guys are instigators. I need new friends. 
or I'm not going to have a job. <laughs> so I believe that there is a people, there's a mantle, there is a platform, there is a promise, there is a promotion that God wants to put on his people. And I think we can see it from 1 Kings. We see when Elijah the prophet put his mantle on Elisha, there's an incredible picture that we see. I'm going to read to you. 1 Kings 19.19 19 says this. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Snapchat, and he was plowing the... It just looks like Snapchat to me, so... <clears throat> he, was, he was plowing with the 12... Okay, it's not that funny. I've said a lot funnier things than that you didn't laugh at. You guys hurt my feelings last week. You second service, you were pathetic. I was so bored with you, second service. I almost made Doug finish my sermon. Um, where was I? Snapchat. He was plowing the 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Another translation is mantle. This is a picture in the Old Testament of the prophet placing his mantle on the next move of God, if you will. It's that he was being promoted. It was his promotion. It was his promise inherited. I would put it to you like this. The plow of perseverance is what produces the mantle of promotion and promise. You're tired. I'm tired. Everybody's tired. But we, we don't get to stop. Elijah finds Elisha, who's pushing the plow, breaking the ground, and sowing the seed. Yeah. And he says, that's the guy who gets the promotion mantle. That's, that's the guy who's going to go out there, push the plow, plow the ground, uh, break up the ground, and plant the seed. Amen. That's why the scripture says, if you're a person who pushes the plow and looks back, meaning wishes to not be doing it anymore. If you're the person who pushes the plow and looks back, you're not fit for the kingdom. You're not going to make it in this thing if we're a person who isn't committed to plowing. Can I get an amen today? God's plan for us is to be a people who push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. I believe our promotion and our mantle and God's promise for us is to be the people who stay at it. Now, I believe in this time, uh, we're going to see the big piece of this story for Elijah and Elisha is the spirit of Jezebel. At this time, there's this king, uh, King Ahab. He's a horrible king in his time, and uh, his wife is named Jezebel. And the scripture says, and uh, I'll read it to you here in just a second. We'll get to it in a minute. But the scripture says in these last days, there's going to be evil seducing spirits running in this land, running in our country, running in our lives. You're going to be in these last days tempted, as we mentioned, to, to fall into the seduction of these evil spirits. Well, I believe the spirit of Jezebel is still trying to make its attempt to, to run after and destroy Christians, even in these days that we live. Can I get an amen? amen. This King Ahab's wife uh, is named Jezebel, and here's the characteristic of Jezebel. She hated the prophets, she persecuted the preachers, and she rejected the truth. Elijah was God's chosen prophet, a man with a message, a mission, and a mantle. Elisha was a person who was faithful in pushing the plow, breaking the ground, and sowing the seed. He was given a mantle that changed a nation. God always has a prophetic antidote to pathetic times. I don't care how dark we think it is. I don't think, I don't think you care how evil things look. I don't care how bad, oh, people coming up to me saying like, oh, are you disappointed to be pastoring in these times? The glory days of Christianity are behind us. What? 
God always answers pathetic times with prophetic voices. God always gives us the right thing to say at the right time in the right place with the right people. Can I get an amen? And I'm here to tell you and I'm here to tell Facebook that you are those people born for such a time as this. As I mentioned before, literally a time is going through in past eternity where God is deciding who he wants to put here and he sees you and you and you. And he puts you here for this. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jezebel represents manipulative, perverse, corrupt, cultural spirit. Her intent is to kill God's voice, silence truth, eradicate righteousness, and massacre morals. She robs love, kills joy, and destroys peace. How many of you would agree that that spirit is still trying to represent itself in our culture today? But we won't allow it. Can I get an amen? I believe, and again, if it's your first time here, please, please don't label me as one of those pastors who gets all weird in this stuff. But I'm telling you, there's a great warning that says in these last days, you need to pay attention because Jezebel hates truth. She hates righteousness. She hates order. Are you understand what I'm trying to say? And, and I do want to get you to, uh, before you start thinking of a person, <laughs> the Jezebel spirit can, can operate in a man's life as well. Before you start thinking of women and labeling it on this person and this person, it's a spirit that operates in a people. Can I get an amen? Yeah. I also want to kind of uncaution you. Uh, you're not going to like touch a light switch that somebody with a Jezebel spirit touched and then you're going to get it. You know, it's not a disease. All right. Are you with before you get too freaked out about it all. But it's obvious that this demonic spirit is trying to take control, not just in America, but I believe all throughout the world. I believe it's an end time spirit that the scripture says, be aware, there's seducing spirits in the last days. And so that's as much as I'm going to talk about that specifically right now, but I want to give you two resources that I think is really important for you to check out if you want to learn some more about this. Uh, Two books that I think are really great and so timely that I've studied the last couple years. One is Pastor Landon Scott. It's called Jezebel, the witch is back. That looks fun, right? <laughs> yeah, that looks good. And, uh, but so much in there because, listen, I think every Christian has faced the challenge or the opposition of the spirit of Jezebel. And I think when you read a book like that, it gives you the ability to notice it more. I know I'm freaking you out. It's fine. Uh, the second one is called Jezebel's War with America. One of the ways Jezebel operates is in high levels of seduction. And so you look at our movies, our music. I'm, you want me to start to read you some of the lyrics from the music that came out this week or this year? Yeah. The number one song in America I can't even talk about in this room, <laughs> you know? Uh, it's Jezebel. Yeah. It, it's a spirit that's trying to get in. Uh, you hear things like politicians saying, we want to legalize prostitution, and they say things like, well, the ecosystem around the sex workers, maybe we could. <laughs> what? Are you, are you with me today? I'm talking about politicians that like have, have made it <laughs> into places of influence, are saying like we should legalize prostitution. I don't care what cute words... Let me go over here to Facebook. <laughs> I don't care what cute words, this intelligent, demonic, foolish language that's trying to, I don't care what cute words you want to put on legalizing prostitution. And if you say, oh, the ecosystem around the sex workers, no, you're talking about a pimp. Yeah. Don't use cute words and try to fool me, demonic. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Are you guys uncomfortable? I'm not. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not. You're messing me up. There is no scenario, I don't care if you call it safe, 
that one day I could go to a 7-Eleven and get a Slurpee and then go two buildings over and participate in a sex worker's activity and then try to say, I value women. You know, porn fuels sex trafficking. And if we keep dehumanizing women in more legal ways, are you understand what I'm saying today? Where was I? That was not in my notes. So Jezebel, back to that book of America. It's all that cute stuff, that intelligent stuff. We say things like ecosystem around the sex worker. It's that stuff that's trying to make its way into America that the church of God needs to stand up and rebuke and resist. And we'll see how that works out because I don't know how it's going to go. So those books, get them, read them, know them, because I believe we're up against that. That's why Ephesians 6.12 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Listen, friends, it is not a Republican-Democrat issue. It is not a Joe Biden-Donald Trump issue. Can I get an amen today? It is a spiritual battle that we are facing. It's wickedness in heavenly realms. And your days of cute church are over. You have got to get in the battle if you want to see God's kingdom advance. Can I get an amen? Amen. So as much as I believe the spirit of Jezebel is alive and well, I actually came here to say, though, that it's not over. Oh, pastor, you living in these times? How are you? I love it. I love it that I'm in these times. Born for such a time as this. Because it's not over. Because they've been trying to silence the church since the beginning of creation. The enemy's been trying to hinder the spirit of God since the beginning. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's not over. We're not the sad news people. We're the good news people. Can I get an amen today? (laughs) Here's why I'm excited. It's because I believe this. I believe in the power of still. I believe in the power of still, and it works like this. I believe God's blood still works. Can I get an amen? I don't care who is in charge. I don't care what we're facing. I don't care how bad it looks. I believe that God's promises are still yes and amen. Can I get an amen? I believe that he's still on the throne. I believe that the nations are still on his shoulders. Can I get an amen? I believe that his mercies are still new every day. Can I get an amen? I believe that his mercies endure forever. Are you with me? His word never changes. And they've been trying to run the spirit of God out from the beginning of time. So I'll say it to you like this. Spirit of Jezebel, spirit of the Buckeyes. I don't care what evil spirit it is running our nation. I'll tell you this. The spirit of God is still stronger than any of it. Are you with me today? There is a spirit more powerful than any evil spirit that could ever try to run itself. And it's alive in Michigan. And that powerful spirit is alive in America. I believe that same spirit is alive in Africa, Iraq, Iran. I believe that same spirit of God is alive in North Korea. Can I get an amen today? Help me preach this in the chat, friends. The spirit of God, not by might, not by power, not by, it's by my spirit. And that spirit doesn't go away. You can't eliminate that spirit because they've tried. We see that God created Adam and Eve and they walked with God in the garden and then sin happened. And the enemy said, look, we won. They took their victory lap. But then God said, it ain't over. And he brought about a plan. We saw Moses, who's going to set God's people free. The enemy says, oh, we got to stop this spirit of God. We got to stop this move of God. And so how many know they put the law in that said they needed to kill all of the first. And so Moses finds his parent literally putting them in a basket 
and sending them down the river. The person chosen to set God's people free starts his life off being sent down the river in a basket. I mean, you know, we're not sending our kids down the river in a basket. Some of us want to sometimes. Like, yeah. The enemy tried to stop it. Can't be stopped. Are you with me? Thought about Esther. Talk about immoral times. Talk about evil spirits. Esther has the understanding, the knowledge, the information because they told her, hey, we're going to wipe out all of your people. And she doesn't mope, and she doesn't complain, and she doesn't go on Facebook and start making stupid memes about the leadership. Are you with me? <laughs> what does she do? She starts praying. She starts fasting. She starts seeking God. She starts preparing herself. And God, by the Spirit of God on the inside of her, gives her the ability to go in before the king and get all the promises that he has. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Do you believe any of this? Yeah. God always sends the answers. We thought about Jesus. Jesus, the scripture, says the same thing about him. They said, oh, we can't, we got to kill off all of the, and so they got to get on a donkey, and they got to go to Bethlehem, and in just a few weeks, we'll celebrate this if we're allowed to, and uh, then we're going to go there. Gosh, you guys, okay. That's funny. Christmas, you going to celebrate? Okay. My Facebook friends are laughing. Hit the thing. But Jesus, they, they got to go, and they find themselves in Bethlehem, and the enemy's going like, aha, we see the lineage of David won't make it. We got this plan, and we'll get this person to kill off all the thing, and we'll win. He won't even make it to earth. The king, Messiah won't come. Oh, but he came Amen. because he can't be stopped. Amen. Because no matter how dark and how evil and whatever the forces look like, he can't be stopped. Can I get an amen? Right. Well, he's here on the scene, but then through political power and all of the other things that begin to happen, Jesus is now being crucified. He's hung on the cross. He's put in a tomb, and the stone is rolled in front of it. And I'm sure, like all of us, they were walking around moping. I can't believe it's over. The best days of Christianity are behind us. How are we over going to overcome all this? He's in the tomb. But then three days later, can I get an amen? <laughs> the Spirit of God brought back to life. Are you with me? Because you can't be stopped. I would say it like this. If Christians had a theme song, it would sound a little something like this. Crank it up. You want me to give you the Donald? That's pretty solid, right? Lose down with that. He liked it. We can't be stopped. What are you freaking out about? What are you so tired about? What are you so worried about? Why are you, are you with me today, people? We can't be stopped now because we're bad boys. We're not going anywhere, guys. I don't care what they're trying to say and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to put against us. We're not going anywhere. The Spirit of God lives in you. Can I get an amen? But the thing that brought about the promotion and the mantle and the promises was it was found in Elisha. He was a person who did what? Pushed the plow, broke the ground, and sowed the seed. Didn't say he was so intelligent, didn't say he was the slickest, the smartest, didn't say he had the best portfolio all put together and all the stuff we care about. Said he was somebody who put his hand to the plow and didn't look back. Amen. How are we going to overcome this? How are we going to break through on this? We're going to be a people who push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. Can I get an amen? amen? It means it like this. On sunny days, what did he do? He pushed the plow, he broke the ground, he sowed the seed. Guess what he did on rainy days? He got up and he pushed the plow, he broke the ground, he sowed the seed. 
On good mood days, he got up and he pushed the plow, he broke the ground, he sowed the seed. On bad mood days, he got up, he pushed the plow, stupid dummy idiots, and he broke the ground and he sowed the seed. If you weren't with us last week, you missed the joke, but he pushed the plow, he broke the ground, he sowed the seed. When his haters talked about him, he got up and guess what he did? He didn't complain about him. He didn't try to justify himself. He didn't go try to make it right on Facebook. What he did, he got up, he pushed the plow, he broke the ground, he sowed the seed. Can I get an amen? amen. During lockdown days, he got up and he pushed the plow, he broke the ground, he sowed the seed. Amen. When he had a busy week, oh, we had something every day this week. And the kids and their sports and the one was sick and my boss was mean to me. And so when Sunday rolled around, I deserved a day. No, you know what he did? He got up, he pushed the plow, he broke the ground, he sowed the seed, and he went to church. <laughs> Are you with me? They didn't find a man. Elijah didn't find a man. Elijah shows up and he found a guy on Netflix found a guy watching Netflix. No, he found a guy who was faithful. He didn't find a guy who was all year long busy in his kids' sports. He didn't find a guy who was working overtime, building his career, increasing his portfolio. No, he found a man who was faithful in pushing the plow, breaking the ground, and sowing the seeds. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. People say, I don't know how I got here. Oh, I don't know how I got here. Well, you've been complacent, 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 and now you're stuck in it. You've given territory to it. Are you with me? Amen. Complacency, complacency, complacency. And then I'll say it to you like this. You'll earn what you tolerate. You keep tolerating it, tolerating it, tolerating it. You know you need to go over here and push the plow and break the ground and sow the seed in that area, but you keep tolerating it and making excuses for it and making excuses for it. And all of a sudden, you have all the negative effects of it. Because the scripture says, God is not mocked. What a man sows, he reaps. Amen. Whatever you tolerate, you're going to reap the reward of. Yeah. We have tolerated things that we have the anointing to rebuke. Yeah. And I'm blaming churches for this. Yeah. Churches have had the ability and the anointing and the power of God to rebuke some things. And instead, they've tolerated them at the sake of offending somebody. Yeah because we want a cute church, because we want to make sure everybody comes back, and we want to make sure everybody likes me. Yeah. Not me. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think. <laughs> oh, how many likes did we get? <laughs> Pastors, get out of here. How about you start using your pulpit for what it's called to do? which is to use the scripture to divide what is good and true. The scripture says we use the word to rightly divide good and evil. Right, We're not building a following. It drives me crazy. Oh, I'm going off on pastors again. <laughs> Talking about building our following. This is a fight. <laughs> the church has been waiting for Jesus to come down oh, for years. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, come down. Come down. And Jesus has been waiting for his church to stand up. It's time that we be what he created us to be. It's time we walk in all that he empowered us to walk in. Yeah. I mean, the Terminator that you were created to be, you're invincible. Nobody believes it, see? But God has done and provided and equipped you with everything that you need to be his light and, and to further his kingdom. Can I get an amen? Yeah. 
some of you, like me, have told God, I don't want to get up and push the plow anymore. Some of you, 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 you're in that real pain. You're in that, you're in that real just tiredness of God. Like, can I do anything else? The scripture says about Elijah, like you, you, you're saying like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to do it tomorrow. I don't want to do it, God. I don't want to do it anymore. It's too hard. It costs too much. It's too hard on my family. I don't, I, and you, all these things. God, I, I could do this instead. You, you've given me this ability to be able to do this and to be able to do this. But the, but the people that inherit the promise are the stupid, dummy idiots that are dumb enough to get up the next day and go out and push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. Amen. You're ending your day. God, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm out of this. I don't want to be in this fight anymore. And then the very next morning, what do you do? You get out of bed. And you go push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. These talks with my pastor's friends are, are crazy. Hey, man, how, how's your last month been? Man, I almost died. <laughs> okay, what do you got coming up? I'm going to push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. Hey, what about you? How'd it go for you? I'm almost dead. <laughs> all of us are talking like, we're all almost dead. Well, so what are you going to do? Well, I'm a stupid, dummy idiot. I'm going to get up. <laughs> Push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. Why? Because that's the only way we're going to see the harvest. Amen. You're not going to intellectually be able to convince the harvest to come in. There is no artificial growing in the kingdom of God. Amen. Push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. What's the chia pet thing? There's no chia pet Christian. Sprinkle the water and see the thing. Okay, no? No, no, no. You guys must be into some other kind of artificial growing of plants. There's like laughter and then there's nervous laughter. I just learned a lot about a few of you. <laughs> Why do we get back up? Why do we go back out? Because we know greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I can get back up and push the ground and break the ground, whatever it is. You guys got to get us a building because I can't preach three services. I run out of talking. <laughs> we got to get a bigger building because we're growing because you guys are crazy. What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm telling the staff like, yeah, we're going to keep church and stay open and we're going to do this. But then honestly, I'm like walking through the hall before church. I'm like, but no one's going to come, right? Like I don't. And then here you come. We have our highest numbers ever four weeks in a row, like pre-COVID. <laughs> Our church is bigger than it's ever been, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, you stupid, dummy idiots. <laughs> First time guests are like, I am so lost. He loves demons and insults. I don't even know this guy. I don't know me either. We get back up because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of us. And no weapon formed against us will prosper. All who rise up against us shall fall. There is no defeat in the kingdom of God. We're bad boys for life. Can I get an amen? amen. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. Plows produce mantles and mantles produce influence. I'm, I'm almost done a few more minutes. But mantles produce influence. We live in seasons where we say, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know how it's going to do this. It's the spirit of God influence in our communities. It's the spirit of God moving and operating. There are seasons where there's things where only God can do it. God shows off in amazing ways. 
I don't know how this would work. I don't know how this will ever come to be. I don't know how I'll ever experience this or that. It's by the miraculous hand of God. I still believe in signs and wonders. I still believe in the New Testament living church that God called us to be. We should be seeing the miraculous. Can I get an amen? But God makes something out of nothing. He makes ways when there seems to be no way. The scripture says uh, in Genesis that God made something out of nothing. Us. When there's nothing, God can make a way. We see Isaiah says, where there was no way in the wilderness, God can make a way. We see in the book of Luke that the scripture tells us that God is the restorer of all things. You may say, oh, I've lost too much. Oh, there's not enough left. No, God is the restorer of all things. He can put broken things back together. Can I get an amen? amen? When heaven starts it, hell can't stop it. So Elijah, the prophet, uh, you remember the story where he calls, he's up on the mountain and he calls down the fire and there's like sort of this battle show off and, uh, and God shows up in an amazing way. But the scripture says that Jezebel's like worship team, her band, uh, they all get killed in this. And so she come, he comes back and he tells her, yeah, you've lost them all. They've all been killed in this process. And she gets so mad. In 1 Kings 19, she says this, I swear by my gods in 24 hours... Elijah will be dead. She prophesied. <laughs> she tried to say, the enemy tried to speak something over Elijah. And can I tell you something? He didn't die in 24 hours. He didn't die in 48 hours. He didn't die a month later. He didn't die a hundred years later. He didn't die a thousand years later. And we're coming up on 3,000 years later, and Elijah is still not dead. Can I get an amen? Some of you are like, where is he? <laughs> My son has a Guinness book. I didn't see him in there. Oldest man. He's the man who was taken up in the fiery tornado. God just pulled him up to heaven. He never died. Why? Because God loves to do the opposite of what the enemy accuses. Amen. She prophesied. He's going to be dead in 24 hours. And heaven was like, watch this. They're out there, Christians. Oh, you're this, you're that. And they're prophesying. And the demonic that we're talking about is out there lying about you, lying about you, lying about you. Prophelize. Because God can do it in you. Can I get an amen? amen? You may have been, I'm thinking about people literally in this, in this room as I was putting this sermon together. There's people sitting together in this room. They rode together in a car. And their marriage is still intact, even though the enemy tried to destroy it. There's people watching on Facebook right now that the, the enemy tried to prophesy over them that their marriage wasn't going to make it and they'll never make it and it's not worth it. And can I tell you that they're sitting together today praising God in the house of God. Amen. There's businessmen in this room that there was a prophesy over their life saying your business isn't going to make it and this is going to destroy you and you'll have nothing for your family and they're having the best business year of their life. Amen. Babies are checked into nursery right now in this building that people were prophesied, they were prophesied, you're never going to have kids. You're never going to be able to have it. You know what? Someday, uh, when we're going to be able to do child dedication again in our UCA testimony, we got like four or five people that were told they're never going to be able to have kids that had kids this year. Amen. Thank you, COVID, actually, right? They got to... A little non-social distancing for them. But the enemy said, hey, you're not going to have kids. And heaven was like, watch this. You can't stop me. Some people in this room, based on their history, should actually be in prison right now. But they were here today praising. 
prophesy over their life, but God can always do more than what we ask, think, or imagine. Some of you, you got more Sunday mornings with the history of being hungover than you do being in church. I'm halfway there after that Michigan game. I'm still... Some of you are sitting in church and you told God you would never go back to church after the hurt that happened to you. God is going to use you to heal people. And you said, I'm never going back. And you believe the prophecy about how church is corrupt and it's evil and they're all no good. And God is even using you now. You're here and you're ministering to people or you're serving in areas of ministry. And you once told God you would never do it again. You would never serve him. And now you're in making a difference. Can I get an amen today? Because this is what God does. It's never over. It's never over. And we can't be stopped. Can I get an amen? amen? But we have to be a people who push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed. And then after we're done doing that, we get up and we do it again. We push the plow, we break the ground, and we sow the seed. And when you're tired of doing that, guess what you get to do? Push the plow, break the ground, and sow the seed because there's harvest coming. Can I get an amen? I'll close with this. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it until the completion, will carry it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Everybody look at me. Check this out. You know Christ hasn't come back yet, right? So the work that he started in you, he's finishing in you. Amen. It's not over. You can't be stopped. Why? Because God's promise is until I come back, I'm doing a good work in you. Amen. There is no doctrine of defeat for your life because if he started a good work in you, he's going to finish it in you. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Why are you tired? Why are we worried? You were born for such a time as this and you got God on your side completing your good work in you. First Thessalonians 5.24 says this, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. We've all been called and God is faithful and he's going to do it in us. Can I get an amen? amen? I don't know. It looks so bad. It looks so corrupt and there's so much. And there's awesome. Because that's when the best Bible stories begin. Amen. Oh, there was wickedness in all the land. They were stealing elections. Or I don't know about that part, but... I guess we'll find out, right? <laughs> but I'm like you. I'm going, wait a minute. It's like really not good news either way. Like when you just take a look at everything, you're like, holy cow. And my kids are going to grow up in this. And I want to have grandkids, but maybe I don't want to have grandkids because this is what they're. So the enemy would love to prophesy to you that it's over. The best days are behind you. No, but when it's the darkest and it's the gloomiest and it looks the worst, those are the beginnings of the best Bible stories. And I do believe that, yes, there's demonic and there's evil and there's all this kind of stuff, but God promises that in the last days, he's going to empty himself upon the earth. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy and the old man will see visions. And Are you with me? It's really just the beginning, friends. It's really just the beginning. So yes, there's a great falling away, but there's also a great harvest that you get to be a part of. You're not here by accident. God put you here on purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. So he who called you is faithful and he will do it. But what do we do? Push the plow, break the ground and sow the seed. And then we do it again and we do it again and we do it again because the mantle of promotion is coming on you when you can push the plow, break the ground and sow the seed. The enemy's going to come in and try to get you to quit and get you to walk away and get you to da 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 We're about to have Sunday night church here in a minute, so we'll keep going. 
But I'm telling you, friends, we don't quit. We can't be stopped. Why would you quit? You can't be stopped.